0: that special time of year when the good boys and girls of the world are allowed to once again gather at father's foot and look weepy-eyed into the gaping maw of the radio. We've many a yuletide tale to tell you this evening, all full of mirth and some with murder. Some of you may be familiar with our usual Christmas detente, but I thought this year we could keep the screams coming. After all, you've been such good listeners; you deserve a present. Our first story of the evening, Rudolph the Red. Re, reindeer. Reindeer. The story begins.
1: The bells of Christmas they go. The plums and figgy pudding fill the land, the bells of Christmas they go, but no figgy,
0: figgy pudding in my hand.
2: my creation will be the greatest terror the americans have ever seen during this the fourth year of the second world
3: war i agree her doctor they eat the hamburgers but it is we who are from hamburg they will soon regret bombing us to kingdom come when it is their kingdom which has come for its
2: comeuppance Oh, I love it when you wax poetic, Dolph. You should see me when I wax Brazilian. Ow, 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 ow. Back to the task at hand. The Soviets are expecting a delivery of my super murder machine. And the storm is fierce approaching. Hand me that ridiculously large, clampy looking metal thing. We will use the electricity to bring life into. into. Frank what no why would why would you say that his name is not frank well then what is it i haven't decided yet but i i get to name him it's my turn stop distracting me i will call him Rudolph's monster you're naming him after yourself no i my i i I created him he's my creation but don't you think he wants a name It doesn't matter what he wants he wants blood the red hot blood of Americans spilling into the night steaming in the air while they sleep sure I just think he might be mad if he doesn't have a name I will tell him what he wants he's my creation yes Herr
3: dr. Rudolph here is your giant clamp I am walking past this large can of red paint very carefully. Ah! It's so heavy! Whoops!
2: Dolph, you... you clumsy genius! His nose looks much better that way. The Soviets will love it. Look how it glows. It's... beautiful. So bright, it fills me with warm, fuzzy feelings of... Murder! Yes, Dolph. Here goes the clamp. And here it comes. The lightning... The lightning... Ah, yes! Yes, it's working! Rise! Rise, my creation! Oh, hello! Hello? Hello, monster! You are my creation! Daddy? What, no, I mean... Maybe? I'm not sure of the legal implications of creating sensual life eg- exactly. Congratulations, Rudolph! I'm Rudolph. No, I'm Rudolph. You're Rudolph's monster. I'm a monster.
3: Why? Well, because... we... made you to be one? Hmm...
4: I don't feel like a monster.
2: Dolph. Did we not pick the weird runty reindeer with the bulbish nose to make our cybernetic horror? Yes. Did we not give him a coal combustion colon and chainsaws for hands? We did, yes. Did we not put Heinrich Mueller's brain into his head? Did we not put Rudolf Hess's heart into his chest? Yeah, we did that too. Even Lennon's goatee, his very essence onto his skin, We did all those things, yeah. Then why isn't the evil killing machine? Ich kann nicht verstehen. I don't know, Rudolf. We are scientists! The process of science requires experimentation! This one did not go as hypothesized, but I think what we've learned is valuable. No! A waste! How many high-ranking Nazi brains do you think I have lying around? It's not 1934 anymore. Okay. I can't just buy them at the store. Oh, hello, Fraulein. I would like a pound of bacon and also three fresh Nazi brines, please. Mm, do you have SS in season? Rudolph, I think you're overreacting. Dolph, I don't need your calm positivity right now. This is three years of research down the drain. You, you...
4: Yes, Papa?
2: I am not your Papa. Oh, Yes. Yes, I am your Papa. And your papa needs you to be evil now, little one.
4: Oh, I don't know, papa. I just feel like more like a lover than a fighter. If my first two minutes of existence has taught me anything, it's that life is so brief and beautiful and uh, we should take the time to appreciate these moments that we have with each other. Uh, We should celebrate them with Gifts and merriment and good food to remind ourselves of how blessed we are on God's good green earth today, on the day of Christ's birthday.
2: <gasps> it's Weihnachten! My, we've been working for a week straight. I must have completely lost track of time. Weihnachten! Weihnachten! Why, it wasn't the lightning that brought you to life. It was, it was... The spirit of Christmas
0: Rudolph and the Red Reign of Fear. I had never seen any of those words written out before. My apologies. Our next story is similarly about those who have been disadvantaged and only at this special time of year uh, are able to be taken advantage of. We now present the story of Davy Spade.
5: Hey fellow kids, would it be alright
4: if I joined you in your recess leisure activities? You get out of here, Davey! Freak! Run away and never look back! Nobody here ever wants to see you and your shovels
5: for hands ever again! Yeah, and we don't want to spend the limited amount of time we have at our leisure with a freak like you, Davy Spades.
4: Wow, well, what are you fellas doing? We're playing with our very expensive heirloom porcelain dollies, of course. Oh, let me see. I can do it. Look. Oh, my God, Davy! What the hell, man? I mean... Good God, man! That doll was almost 600 years old! And now you've smashed it to bits with those freakish shovels for hands! Hey, everyone! There's a
5: freak right here! Can't you see that your life as a in-cast is over? You're an outcast now. You'll never find a very specific calling, and you'll never be of use to us. (laughs) With those disgusting shovels for hands.
6: As the most desirable girl in your class, I choose Hank the Hunk here to hold hands with. Uh, Mostly because they aren't enormous metal shovels which grow like fingernails from the ends of your forearms like Davy Spades. And also because you're always so sweet.
5: You hear that, Davy? Samantha's never gonna hold your hand. And if she does, just know my hand has been all up in that hand already. Now, do what freaks are good for and run away clumsily while we all laugh at you. Ha 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 ha. Look at him run like a little freak with hands. But like stayed hands. <laughs>
7: Okay, Mrs. Claus, I just, I just don't feel like being everybody's weirdo today.
6: <sighs> oh, I understand, Davy. Kids can be so cruel. And it's hard as an adult to step in, especially around the cool kids. But you know, Davy, you're not alone. Weirdos like you are all over the world. They're just fewer and further between and quite difficult to find. Like a misprinted baseball card that says, Joe DiMaggioli, it's your very obvious defect that makes you special and rare. What's all this then? Why, this is Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's a book that's full of freakish, hard-to-look-at abominations just like yourself. Now it says in the back that you can get up to fifteen hundred dollars for sending a real weird weirdo to them, Davy. Saying that I belong with these people? But but, 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 but but I but I just wanna be I just wanna be a regular. Shut up and see if you'll fit in this pickle jar. <laughs> Completely wiped out your class. We need to dig them out, Dave. Uh, but we store all our avalanche shovels in the bunker beneath the schoolyard. It'll be May by the time we can access them. Davy, you're the only one that can save them. Finally, your differences are what make you strong. Where'd he go? Davy? Davy! I'll be the one to help
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. Up next, uh, we have, um, ah, yes, one of the best stories ever told, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I happened to get my hands on an original edition, one told from the perspective of that dastardly oaf Bob Cratchit. So for your listening pleasure, we now present THE ORIGINAL, A CHRISTMAS CAROL.
7: Robert, you idiot!
1: Uh, What did I do now, Mrs. Cratchit? Now I sees him. I to look at it. There's nothing wrong with them.
7: Exactly! How are we supposed to get sympathy donations if our son isn't feeble?
1: Right, well, we we'll are tell him he's feeble-minded like. Eh, yeah, that's it. Feeble-minded.
7: No one cares about the feeble-minded. It's the late Georgian era. We've only got one week before Christmas and our son isn't broken in any way. Neither are any of our other children. How are we supposed to exploit the rich without broken kids, Bob?
1: Alright, well, I'll break his leg or something. And tell that old miser Scrooge he needs money for a surgery. Even though, because it's the Georgian era, surgery is as cheap as a haircut and anyone can perform them because it's really not that hard to be a doctor. In this, a year before 1812.
7: Yeah, that'll work. You break that child's leg and I'll have another kid. We're all all together out in the cold begging for cash. Meanwhile, you carry on working as an accountant at the bank. That
1: was perfect, dear. We'll be able to siphon off the street while also having a very respectable income for the time in which we live. But, Mrs Cratchit, I've got another scheme cooked up for this year.
7: Oh, yeah? What is it?
1: Well, you know how in the late 1600s, Oliver Cromwell banned Christmas and it isn't that popular of a holiday and really more just a religious observance?
7: Of course I know that. I, like you, live in this, the early 1800s.
1: Well, I'm going to make a really big deal about getting a pie day off for Christmas and then spend it here with my family instead of one of the state-owned churches.
7: Bob Cratchit, that's a wonderful idea.
1: Wish me luck, darling. I'm sure I'll be able to pull it off. Mr Scrooge! Mr Scrooge, are you here?
8: Of course, I'm here working in my independent financial institution that, given the time we live in, hasn't been rivalled in power by a centralised banking system and is in fact largely unregulated and is exceedingly profitable.
1: Wonderful, sir. It's just... cough, cough. i need your help is all, sir.
8: Oh, whatever is the matter my boy, are you having trouble as an accountant keeping the benefits of the fallout of the South Sea Crisis? A time period wherein the financial institutions of England greatly expended their
1: wealth and power? Yes, sir, that's exactly the problem, you see, sir. Even though I'm like more in a year as an accountant in an entirely unregulated bank, that really can only serve the extremely wealthy, I'm still somehow desperately poor. Cuff, cuff, cuff.
8: Improbable. But go on. And well, sir,
1: I need some extra money to help with my son's surgery. Surgery? Was he in a war? No, sir, he won't. And I know that the only reason for surgery in this the early 1800s would likely be a war injury. Which is, I guess, what has made this situation so unexpected. And why I need financial help.
4: Hmm,
8: yes, these circumstances are incredibly unique. And I can't ever imagine it coming up again, so... Here, have a pound. An amount of money that a peasant living only a century before us would have never made over the course of their entire lives. And what a worker of our current time period would make in about a year.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. But there is just one more thing I need, sir. Anything.
8: I'm a man of considerable means, you know.
1: Well, it's not the money I need, sir. I would like to take Christmas Day off of work and still get paid for it.
8: Well, I, Christmas Day, the remarkably unpopular holiday, the one which only really the Catholics, the Catholics which have been banned from England since 1688 celebrate.
1: Yes, sir, Christmas Day, I would like it off.
8: Impossible. I I could give you the morning to attend Church of England service, but
1: no more than that. Well listen Laddie, that's not good enough. You're giving me the whole day. And the money for my son's surgery. And if you don't, you'll go down in history as one of the greediest, most worthless human beings to ever live.
8: Preposterous. Nothing short of my belief in ghosts could bring me to change my mind. Now please return to the service job you only have due to the increased prosperity and evolving nature of our economy.
1: (laughs) No, I'll have to take myself to work like everybody else.
7: Damn! It's Christmas Eve night, by which I mean three in the afternoon. Which is the time that you and all workers generally go home during the winter.
1: I know what day it is. We have until tomorrow morning to work out some way of getting my day off. We don't have to worry about you because we enjoy a standard of living that suggests we can support ourselves and our children off a single income.
7: There must be something we can do. Have you tried to intimidate him at all? Use his insecurities and fears against him?
1: I tried to appeal to his sense of history. I did say and he'll only be remembered as a miser if he doesn't give me the day off. But he didn't budge.
7: Well does he have any deep fears we could use to... I don't know. Show him the horrors of his own life and our own evolving understanding of the way in which the Industrial Revolution has changed the nature of wealth and equality.
1: All I knows is he's scared of ghosts. Well, I do you think there's anything there?
7: Has anyone close to him died?
1: Just his close friend and business partner, Jacob Marley. Well, that's not enough.
7: No, I don't think it is. At least it's not enough to show him his past, present and future if he doesn't do one unusually nice thing for one person.
1: And it doesn't remind him of Christmas. We need a ghost of Christmas past, present and future. One to show how joyous he was at previous Christmases he could have in no way celebrated given how long the celebration was outlawed. One to show the present day and then scare him with starving children. And one to scare him with his ultimately unremembered life
7: and death. What was... or making costumes? Unfortunately, I only have chains and Christmas decorations.
1: Don't worry. I'll just make up what their are allegories for and then explain what they represent in detail when he asks.
8: You there, boy. Wayward child who I will, for some reason, trust with money. What day is it?
4: What? It's Christmas Day,
8: sir. Then there's still time. Hey, take this money and buy the biggest goose from the store that I can be certain is open because everyone works on Christmas. Why, sir? I need to give one of my employees the day off.
0: Well, TikTok listeners, The evening is almost through. You know, it's at this special moment as night begins to creep up from the bottom of your window or from the top. I've never looked outside during the twilight hour. I'm not sure how it happens. Anyway, this story is about someone also very close to Christmas, Santa's favorite forgotten elf, the Jingle. Another year. Another
5: 364 days of procrastination, you idiot, Jingle. You really screwed things up this time. How am I going to make three million wooden trains for all of South America in just two hours? Why are there so many children who want trains this year? It's not fair! It's not fair! Uh, I just... I just need to cool it with uh, Santa's little helper here. That's a sweet ticket.
6: Hi, sweetie. I just came in to check on your... Oh, Jingle, you're drinking again? Uh...
5: Uh... It's it's not what it looks like, Barbara. Uh, I've always uh, had this lazy eye and uh, balance issues. Uh, Why is uh, everyone always on my case about this? Because you're drunk, Jingle. You're drunk! Don't you think I know that?! I... uh, How else am I supposed to live with the shame of being Santa's favorite forgotten elf? Every year, Barbara, I'm left out. Old Jingle loves to do the work none of the other elves like to do. Yeah, sure, maybe one year I might have forgotten to sand down the pointy edges and all those wooden soldiers and like 3,000 kids choked to death. Why is that my fault? Huh? Uh, Do I deserve to be forgotten in this toy-making purgatory? (laughs) Uh, Oh, Jingle, it's going to be okay, dear. uh, uh, No! No, get away from me! You harlot! I saw you flirting! All over, Samson, Santa's favorite handsome elf.
4: That's not fair, Jingle. You know I'm Santa's favorite adulterous elf. Get away from me! Get
6: away!
5: You never loved me! I no don't ever love Jingle!
6: Jingle, stop it. I mean, stop moving. There's an open vat of volatile toy chemicals behind you. Be careful. Whoop, whoop. Oh, bells.
7: Ah! Oh my jingle!
2: Someone! Please help! Please! Help! Hi, I'm uh Santa's favorite foreman elf. and This is Santa's favorite uh, paramedic elf. What's uh what's going on in here? Hmm?
4: It's jingle! He's he fell into the dead, over there.
9: Oh, sweet Christmas.
2: That thing isn't an elf. Get Santa's favorite flamethrower.
4: What am I? I am Elf no more. Ah, oh, the pain. Bra bra, please help me. Help old oh Jingle, help me. Ah!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that was The Jingle. I hope you enjoyed it because it's now time for our final story of the evening, a story of the Christ, a story especially near and dear to the hearts of the writers here at the Slanted Hallway. We now present, with pride and great humility in the eyes of the Lord, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
3: Another great catch, John the Fisherman.
10: Well, seeing as the world's hot flashes haven't started yet, there's plenty of fish still in the sea.
3: Well, John, I'm sure a catch like that is going to get you a good sum of gold doubloons. Or whatever currency they use in this time and place. I wouldn't know. I've never seen money before because I'm
10: very poor. Actually, you'd be surprised at how little two catfish, one grouper, and a mermaid will get you in this town. Help,
7: help! I'm not edible!
10: Oh, hush now, honey. Yes, you are, from the waist down.
3: Well, what a shame, John. You're catching all this grub, and yet you can't even get food on the table.
10: Yes, yes, it is a horrible and twisted irony.
3: Well, John... This is exactly the thing I wanted to talk to you about. I figured out a way the two of us stand to make a good amount of dough, the financially leavening kind. And how in the world
10: do you suppose we do that?
3: Well, the answer is crime.
10: Egad, Raphael! But I thought crime doesn't pay.
3: Well, I don't know where you heard that, Mumbo Jumbo, but crime pays handsomely. So, what's the crime? Well, John, not too far from this quaint seaside, there's a little town. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. That's
10: the rub. But, what sort of well-paying crime can be committed in such a dusty, low and interesting, dull, lowly, populated, fleabag
3: village? Well, get this, John, the fisherman. I know you might know Bethlehem is a pretty ordinary, sleepy town where not much happens. But a connection of mine has let me know that three kings are headed there to give a bunch of gold to a baby.
7: What? That's absolutely preposterous.
3: Is that the same mermaid. But unfortunately, it's true. Or rather fortunately, I should say. Anyways, these three kings are going to visit a manger completely unprotected. It's just the three of them. A couple of camels and literally thousands of pounds of gold, and ounces on ounces of spices that can be sold for pounds and pounds of gold. Let me reiterate. There is not a guardsman with them. There is not a chain tiger. They have no sabers between them, no will to fight, just riches. And they're just walking around dressed like they are. Dressed all sexy and easy to be robbed.
10: I met following.
3: So what do you suppose the two of us do? Well, we go visit the manger where this Bebby is going to be birthed, dress up in perhaps a two person donkey costume, and as soon as the kings arrive and reveal the amount of riches they have, we exit the costume and take everything. Okay!
10: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm still not following, but I'm just gonna try to figure it out as we go.
7: Well, boys, any you can come with you? Being an accessory to a crime sounds like a much better fate than being eaten from the waist down by hungry peasants.
3: Well, normally I'd be quite suspect of receiving the aid of a magical creature, but perhaps there is something you could do for us, mermaid. Consider it a deal. Let's shake on it.
6: Unfortunately,
7: being an anatomically correct mermaid, I can't shake on it. I have a fish tail and fish fins. The only human bits I have are my face and my firm, yet luscious, clam-cell-covered breasts.
3: Consider it a deal anyhow. Shake or no shake.
9: Mary, I am home.
6: Oh, Joseph, you've arrived just in time. The bun's in the oven.
9: I am aware, wife, dear. (laughs) I put it there.
6: No, I mean I have a bunch of cinnamon rolls ready for tonight. It's what we're eating for dinner.
9: Oh, Mary, you know how much I love dessert for dinner.
6: (laughs) Yes, I'm aware it's your favorite meal. Say, Joseph, uh... Is that a donkey you've got there?
9: Why, yes, you've noticed correctly. The animal attached to my leash is indeed a fine young ass.
6: Well, my, my, where'd you pick up a beast like that?
9: Well, I was getting some groceries at the bazaar, but the leper I normally buy for, um, uh, had finally succumbed to his uh, disease, so in trying to find another place where I could get some groceries, uh, I ran into this mermaid and uh, she was basically giving her ass away for free.
6: A mermaid was giving her ass away for free to any old John on a dirty canal corner?
9: I grabbed it as soon as the deal was on the table.
6: Its skin is a little strange, isn't it? And the discoloration is particularly strange near the rear half. It's a light brown while the front half is almost a burgundy sort of color and... Look, there's a seam here! I wonder what sort of noise this donkey makes. Well, that sounds like every other donkey I've kicked. I guess I shouldn't be so anxious.
9: That's a very masculine and very admirable thing to say, my wife of mine, carrying in your womb the Son of God.
6: Holy guacamole, Joseph, speaking of the Son of God, I think I'm going into labor.
9: But our guests aren't here yet. Surely you can hold it in a while longer so they could come watch. The, the the spinach dip isn't even ready yet. Mary, come on!
6: I'm afraid that's a no-can-do, Captain. I'm a whistling kettle. I'm the boil on the leper ready to pop. I'm about to burst like a star at the end of its celestial existence. Nature calls, Joseph!
9: Oh, Mary, put a sock in it.
6: A sock won't help now! This child has some claws on him. Baby Jesus won't be in there for much longer. He's either coming out the right way or bursting through my chest. <laughs> Quick, get me a hay bale!
10: This is quite an egregious scene, Raphael. I want to go home. I, I I should have married that mermaid, and now I'm stuck in a hot, poorly ventilated, tanky costume with a guy I haven't spoken to since
3: French class in middle school. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I still don't
10: even know why we're Hush here. Shut up,
3: John? If her labor wasn't so loud, she could hear us. You're gonna get us found out. Killed, or, hold on, do you hear that? I think the kings are arriving.
4: Oh, oh, oh. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts.
8: We traverse
4: afar. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star.
10: We've
3: come with money for the child. All right, everyone. This is a hold up in the biblical sense. Kings. Hand over your money. This labor has turned into a robbery. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. King 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 Solomon Solomon with a pizza pizza
9: cutter? cutter. What What are are you doing here?
2: I see everyone here is feeling a little bit grumpy because we're not all getting what we want for Christmas. From now on, this day will be about everybody always getting exactly the sort of material things they want. Hand over the babe Christ. What? What? I think I know better than anyone what it is everyone wants. And I'm going to make sure they get it. Ah, A little for you. A little for you. Here's a little sliver over there. How I (laughs) love Christmas.
0: Thank you for listening, listeners. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back next week with, uh, hmm, a rerun of The Only Good Irishman. I think we can all listen to that, right? Turn it off. I'm going home.